All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, thank you for joining us. We're back on a Monday morning. Sorry we missed Friday, Tim. It's it's been a minute. It's been a while. We're back, but uh, everything's better. All is right in the world. We we took a brief hiatus because I decided to just absolutely evacuate every inch of food in my body on Thursday night, and it was a tough tough run. I, I tried to you know soldier soldier through it on Friday. And then I, I couldn't do it. And I went home on Friday morning after I dropped the kids off at school and I slept all day, literally put my head on the pillow at like eight 15 AM. And I did not get off the bed until like 5 PM. And I slept the whole way through, woke up, did not eat dinner, said hello to everybody, went back to bed again and just slept right through the night. I was just out for the count. I don't know what happened. So back though, we're back and better than ever. <laughs> Glad to hear it. It sounds like not a fun thing. I've never gotten one of those, those flu bugs people talk about like 24 hours. They just get sick and throw up and they describe it. I'm like, I feel like I am missing out. I mean, it's never happened to me. Get some kids. They're just like walking Petri dishes and they just bring home stuff nonstop. So I've gotten them the last few years a hand and they're not bad. I used to fight off vomiting. This is it's a, it's a really gross start to the show. I apologize, but I used to fight it. Now I embrace it. Like, bring it on. Let's get this over with. You know, I used to lay in bed and do deep breathing exercises. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But now I'm just like, let's go. Let's go. I'll go sit and just wait by the toilet. I'm like, let's go. Let's get this over with. Come on. I got to get, I got to get to bed. We got stuff to do in the morning, but it was, uh, that's why we didn't do it on Friday. I apologize. We had a lot of stuff lined up, but, uh, say la vie, you know, I can't control my body. You know, I, I just, uh, I gotta, I gotta listen to it. And it was a good choice. So we're back. I had a funny thing happen to me this weekend, Tim. It was it was a realization of just a how terrible kids are, how mean they are, and how old I am. It, okay. it was a very just eye opening, sobering, sad almost kind of situation. I was sitting in the chair. It was Sunday. We had just gotten back from church. We like to kind of hang out as a family on Sundays and just chat and whatever. And it was great. We were talking about life, this and that. Nothing too deep, but. Um, my oldest kind of comes in behind me. She's standing right beside me. So her head is like just above my head level. And she starts touching the top of my head. She goes, dad, why, why is there no hair like right up here? (laughs) 
And like, as a, as a guy, you guys know, you're not aware of what's going on at the top of your head. You don't, you just assume there's hair up there. I've always had hair. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, there's hair. Like none of it's up here. And she like puts her hand. It's like a big spot. I'm like, you little brat. Like, Oh God, get out of here. Like you're being mean to dad. It's not nice. (laughs) And I'm just like, boy, I'm getting old. It's just, they're just so honest, but so incredibly mean at the same time. Was it mean? Did she know? Did she know what you were saying? No, but the, the, that's the thing. I was just like, I, I turned to him like, yeah, you know, I'm getting older. And I said, just so you know, that's kind of mean. Like, you're, <laughs> you're kind of hurting dad's feelings a little bit. And she goes, why? I'm like, is, does, would it feel good to, to tell you you don't have any hair on the top of your head? She's like, no, I wouldn't like that. Because even our younger kids will we'll like, well, this, how was your day? And they're like, well, someone got hurt at, at school hurt or tripped. And I'm like, oh, what happened? What did they look like? And one of our twins goes, well, she's really fat. Like, you can't say that. You could like, they're just so black and white. You know, they don't mean anything bad by it, but it's just like, you have to, words carry a lot of weight. No pun intended, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was just, I, it was not a great weekend. And then to top it off, we had our playoff game for men's league last night. And I wasn't feeling great. I had, I still haven't really eaten a full meal since the bar fest on Friday. I went through all of Saturday, just slept through Saturday and we played Sunday. I wasn't feeling a hundred percent. We didn't have a goalie. Our goalie just MIA dusted us. He's gone in Florida somewhere in flight school. Didn't tell anybody. So we used the goalie from the game before us who won, who was going to play us in the finals. Had we won. So he had a interest in the game that night. He's like, I'm going to do my best, you guys, but I just finished like a really hard fought game. And now if you guys win, you're going to play me tomorrow or next week and you guys are good. So maybe he let in, he let in some weak ones. And I don't know the, the mental mindset there, but he seemed like a pretty genuine guy. But we lost. No, we lost. We went down. It was just uh, it wasn't great. We got beat, I think, six nothing. Really? Was, oh, we got just I had so many chances. I could not. I was ripping clappers like it was my job and they were like honestly 90 92 95 miles an hour just over the net just if it would have hit somebody would have killed them and i was just had no regard for safety i could not hit the net i could not hit the net it was driving low john you got to keep it low low and hard i can't i can't you know I, i kept it low all season i think my adrenaline got the better of me and i was just firing away and our biggest problem is our forwards can't score we have a good defensive group. We got a good four defense. I, I say it in the locker room all the time, so this is not news to anybody on my team, Jolly Pumpkin. Got to get some forwards who can finish. You know, we're going to have to make some tough decisions in the offseason. And, uh, you know, that's I, I shoulder a lot of that weight, so we'll see what happens. I said, don't call us. We'll call you. So <laughs> it, we're going to see. I think we might just run it back. You know, I, I don't want to be the bad guy, but, yeah, we, we're out, Tim. We're out. Are we blaming this goalie in Florida? Because you can blame it on him. Tyler, he he would have made a difference. The first three goals that we let in were all terrible goals. One goal was the ice was bad, and I went to like get the puck, and I missed it. And the guy had a guy forechecking me, and he just poked it. And it just like slowly went into the net. I'm like, where is our goalie? The next goal was a fluttering shot from the point. Just like the guy's first goal of his life, flutters into the net. And the third goal was a our guy kicked it in, like literally from the hash marks. It came fluttering in and he like went off his shin pads through our goalie's leg. It was just the first three were brutal. That was within the first like four minutes. 
I'm like, ah, and then we all played them for a period, two periods and their goalie played great. And then they, we just kind of gave up at the end of the game. They scored one in the power play and was like, ah, we're done. What are you going to do? You can't win them all, Tim. You know what I mean? You can't win them all. And then I can't drink on Sundays because they gave up alcohol for Lent and um, couldn't even have a beer after the game. So will you guys get together for like a end of season party? Are you seeing? I won't. I don't like hanging out with those guys outside of the rink. So I'm sure they might as a team, but I won't go. I told them that I said, this is my hockey team. This is where it stays. And they're okay with it. And they, that's fine. I'm sure some of them will get together and have like a little end of season gathering. I'm not going. Then that's, that's, you know, I've made that perfectly clear and they don't want me to go. It's not like I'm the fun guy in the locker room, whatever. <laughs> so that was my weekend. Not great. I hope nice. everybody else had a way better weekend than I did. It was just one thing after. How was your weekend, Tim? Oh, it was fine. It was fine. Nothing. Nothing that exciting. You know How's what? The uh, dating life. How's the dating life treating you? <laughs> it's fine. I um Charlotte last this year has the first ever MLS team in town. It was like an an expansion team or something. They won the bid a couple of years ago. It got delayed because of COVID. What's the? Is that the soccer? Soccer. Okay. Um. Saturday night they had their opening night. The first in in the Carolina Panthers football stadium, only a couple blocks away from me. And they broke the record for attendance for an MLS game in history. 74,000 people went to this game, which wow. is crazy. Yeah. Did you um, go? No, <laughs> no, I wasn't there. Good story. Couldn't get right? a ticket. <laughs> um, but that's like, that was like the talk of the town this weekend. So, but no, nothing crazy. So do you like the move? Are you happy with the transition from Traverse City to Charlotte? Yeah. I mean, I, I miss Traverse City, but I knew I would. So like, that's not surprising, but yeah, I like it here. It's a cool town. How are the babes? Mm-hmm. They're good. They're better than fans want to know. I get text messages all the time from fans. What's Tim's dating life like? We're no, interested. You don't. No, they don't have my number, but they're interested. Yeah. Um, no, they can ask me if they want, but Deirdre wants gonna... to know. <laughs> yeah, she does too. That's a fact. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to some hockey news. So I did get a little Twitter buzz this weekend, Tim. There was a little conversation between old friend of the show, Revo, Ryan Reeves, and old teammate of mine, Steve Ott, one of the best pests to have ever played the game, kind of molded the role, really kind of redefined it. So they had a conversation on the bench. Steve Ott is the assistant coach of the St. Louis Blues and won a Stanley Cup with them. Very successful coach post post hockey career. Good for him. And Ryan Reeves, obviously local tough guy for the New York Rangers. He does his thing at the red line, sprays the water bottle, does the LeBron James where he spits water. He's got a whole production now. It's amazing how it's progressed. Like when I played against him, he was he was very scared to even lift his head because those were the days when you had like legit tough guys roaming the ice. And he would just go about his business. He would stretch. He wouldn't look up. He was very reserved. He has just grown as the theatrics are amazing. So he was doing his things with the waters. He's spraying it. He's spitting it. He's doing it in his face. He's making rainbows. He's just making it, making, making it rain. So him and Otter are having this conversation. I don't know. Do you know it better than I do? I saw it once, but it was a pretty funny conversation. Yeah. And it started recording like halfway through. So who knows what they were saying before. Um, but he was just like, Otter was just like, yeah, Revo, you in the fourth line still? You still I think they played in the fourth line together in St. Louis years ago. They did. Yes. Um, and Reeves just like, yeah, you're looking old, man. You're looking old. Come, come, come out and skate. No John Scott behind, to hide behind this time which I think is a good, it's a nice little uh, stick tap. I know you hate that term for you, but 
It's a nice little compliment. There were, there was a lot to kind of break down from this conversation. Otter won the argument when he said, what's your name? Turn around. I can't turn, turn around. around. I don't, I can't see your name, which was hilarious. I love that troop. It just is absolutely demoralizing, but it's so effective. It's like, are you new here? What's your name? The best guy who's ever done it was Brad Richards was chirping Tom Sestito. There's this classic clip. You can find it on YouTube. Brad Richards is calling Tom Sestito. He's like, have fun at fantasy camp, bud. You'll be back in the minors tomorrow. Like, have fun. Like, it was just so, and it's so true. You can see it's Tom Sestito's face. It just sinks because you're speaking facts. And the guys have said that to me too. It's like, bud, you're going to be like, anyways, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, see, he destroys Reeves with that. The fact that Revo said, and I, I, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but it does speak to a larger problem with the NHL or not, maybe not a problem, but how the league has changed where, Steve Ott did hide behind me and that's okay. That was my job. It was my job to make sure guys like Steve could go out and do what they do. Yes. He was a rat. I wanted them to be the rat. We had Nathan Gerby on the, on the show. I said, Nathan, go do whatever you want. I want you to cross check guys slash guys. I want you to spit in guys faces. I want you to do whatever you want because you can. And that was my job. And before games, I would tell Steve Ott the same thing. I'm like, Steve carte blanche scorched earth do whatever you want because no one will touch you and he did that in in uh buffalo when we played together for two years he did whatever he wanted patty coletta did whatever he wanted not that patty needed me to tell him dude that guy was an absolute animal he would do anything whenever he wanted to but that's what the tough guy does he lets everybody on his team just do whatever they want you're a, you're a skill guy go score goals you don't have to worry about anything you're a rat go be the dirtiest greasiest rat You've ever, you've ever dreamed about being in your whole entire life. I started playing with Cal Clutterbuck. He cut his teeth with me and Derek Bugard. That guy would go out and try to murder people because he knew he had me and Boogie in his back pocket. If someone would even come and breathe on him, we'd go up and destroy these guys. So it, it's just wasn't, I, I was very happy that he said that it was a huge compliment to me, a little pat on my back because Ryan Reeves is a tough guy. He, he's the toughest guy in the NHL right now. There's a conversation to be had about that. For him to say that, to say, you know what, Johnny Scott's not on the ice, he definitely thought about that when he played us. So it, it's just, I'm like, okay, thank you, Revo. And I think we miss more of that in the game today. That's why you see guys maybe going a little bit outside themselves. And they, they play a little bit more greasier because there's nobody who's going to stand in and say, you know what, let's not do that. There, there's nobody to pay the Pied Piper if if someone goes out and lays a dirty hit. I know fighting is up, so maybe I'm wrong. But I think um, the NHL maybe misses that just a little bit, just a little bit. People get on Revo about talking to Otter. I saw some of the comments like Revo's a joke. Revo's a joke. I loved it when fans would chirp me. Absolutely loved it because you're doing your job right. So anybody who's like mad at Ryan Reeves for what's going on, it's like he's doing his job. You know what I mean? He, he He's going to play five, six, eight minutes that night. He's talking to his buddy. I'm sure it was all all fun and they had a good laugh after the game about it. But it was a nice got a little uh, compliment to me. I enjoyed it. Not knew it too. He had nothing to say to that line. Like he had, there was no quick reply there. Yeah, because it's the truth, right? Like Steve, like I, I, and he would be the first one to say, "Yeah, I know. I don't have Johnny here, so I'm not going to jump on the ice and try to, you know, do this my my shtick." So it was, that uh, was funny. It was nice to. I, I haven't played in the league in five years. I'm still still got a little pull out there, Timmy. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a cool little moment. We got to. All right, let's let's get story. to a, a cooler moment. There's something happening in Dallas, Tim. Why don't you tell us what's going on out there? 
Yeah, so Jason Robertson, if you've ever heard of him, he scored a hat-trick in back-to-back games this weekend. Consecutive games, three goals each, um, which is like, I guess Ovechkin had done that once before, but I think it's been many years since that happened. Um, I, I didn't see the stat in front of it, but yeah, really, really cool. We never really talk about him, but Jason Robertson, he won the Rookie of the Year, uh, was it last year or the year before? Um, he has 100 points in 101 games played in his career. So basically a point-per-game guy. He's got 54 and 47 this year, which will project out to just about 90 points in a full season. Really, really talented. Going to be a superstar in the making, I think. He's 22, still on his entry-level contract, and he's an RFA this summer. I mean, he's going to get paid, right? What, what, do you, what do you expect to be paid if you're him this summer? Well, boy, if you're clipping along at a point-per-game at that age. 22 years old. 22 years old. And no offense. Listen. No offense to Joe Pavelski and Rupe Hints. He's not playing with high, 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 high-end guys. They just have a lot of good chemistry, those three. Jason Robertson's, he he should be getting seven to ten million dollars a year. Don't you think he he's producing? He has carried this Dallas Stars team to a playoff position where they have no business being in this position based on the fact that Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, Radulov, Fasca, Gurianov, all these guys have struggled. You've had the, the Johan, John Klingberg saga where he wants out, he wants to be traded, this and that. There's a lot of bad vibes going around Dallas right now. And that first line of Pavs, Rupe, and Robertson's, Robertson, excuse me, has just carried this team throughout the whole season. And if if I'm Robertson, I, I want, you know, I want a Pedersen deal. I want seven, eight million bucks. I'm worth it. He's better than Pedersen. He's getting a point per game. And he's not even like he doesn't even have the best line mates. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think, or is it just a product of maybe getting the opportunity because he's been given first line power play minutes? He's been getting first line minutes just because those guys that I just mentioned haven't been producing. And it's kind of he's been forced into that role. Well, he reminds me of uh, Sebastian Ajo a little bit, even though he's only two years younger. So maybe it's not the best comparison. He's actually outproducing Ajo's first couple seasons. And yeah, I think it's a little bit of a product of, you know, there are so many big star names on the Dallas Stars that maybe get more attention when you're game planning. And he maybe he's been able to fly under the radar a little bit compared to like, even though Ben Sagan, Radulov haven't been producing as, as much the last couple of years, Pavelski, Hintz, Gurianov, like there's some firepower in that team and, Maybe Robertson's been able to fly under the radar uh, and surprise some people. Maybe he's in the first line this year, but maybe he's getting some more favorable favorable matchups over the course of these 101 games that he's played. So, um, yeah, but I, I think it's legit. I think it's legit. I think he's a legit superstar in the making. I think he can keep this up, and I think he could be a. I don't know. I, I hope. I hope he stays in Dallas. I think he will, and I hope he is. He is the future of this franchise. And I think it's a good thing because I, I just seem like Dallas has so many older players and bad contracts. You think they're going the way of the the Capitals or the Blackhawks or whatever, but then you got this guy coming up and now it's like, okay, they've got a, they've got a really secure future both now and five, 10 years down the road. Well, the issue with the Dallas stars is Joe Pavelski is their best player at this point. Robertson. Yes. He, he's doing well. Joe Pavelski is their best player. He's 37 years old, and he's in UFA after this season. Robertson is an RFA. They still have two Titanic contracts with Sagan and Jamie Benn. They have a bad contract in Radic Fasca. What do you do? You're right up against the cap as it is. How do you fit everybody under the cap? How do you make Robertson happy? 
I don't see it working. You still have to deal with John Klingberg at the end of the deadline. Do you do you try to trade him, get something back for him, or do you re-sign him in the offseason, or do you just let him walk? There's a lot of issues that need to be sorted out with the Dallas Stars right now, and it's going to be very tricky. Robertson, rightfully so, should probably make $7 million plus, or he could do a bridge deal just to get to his UFA year in 25, so maybe do a three-year deal for a little less term. It's going to be very, very tricky how Jim Nail is. Jim Nail still the GM there? I don't know. But it'll be tricky how Jim Nail works this because yes. those two. How many times do we say this? It seems like it becomes a broken record. These bad contracts end up just handcuffing yourself for years, years, and years. And I know no one anticipated the pandemic no one anticipated this frozen cap but man these nine million dollar contracts that these dallas stars are saddled with tyler sagan and jamie ben good players right they have not scored to their level i want to say let's look at jamie ben the guy makes 9.75 million dollars 9.85 million dollars a year what do you think a guy who makes that much money should get how many points should he get a year? Jamie Ben, almost ten million dollars. Uh, what should he get? Yeah, at least close to a point per game. He's got a pretty rounded out game. The leadership, the physical aspect. So if he if he scored like seventy seventy five, I'd be okay. But he should be at least that number minimum. He hasn't scored close to a point per game since two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen. Yeah, he's been a complete disappointment. And I know he brings other intangibles to the game. He's physical. He fights. He's got the leadership. He, he, he brings those other tools to the rink. And I get that. But when you're making almost 10 million bucks, you can't go out this year and have 55 games in. You got 31 points. You can't last year have 52 games. You got 35 points. You can't go out the year prior and get 69 games and have 39 points. You can't get a full season the year, year before that and get 53 points. It's not acceptable. When you're the face of the franchise, when you're the captain of the team, you have to produce more. When you're Tyler Sagan, you're brought into Dallas to bring us to Stanley Cup. You're making $9.85 million a year. You can't go out and lay an egg. Yes, he got hurt last year. I get that. This year, he's got 31 and 54. He's dash 11. The year before that, he got 50 and 69. The year before that, he had an okay airport point per game. But for the last three years, their top two guys have just laid massive eggs on the ice. And you can't win, especially in the salary cap era that we're living in, when your two top guys who eat up 20 million bucks are just invisible. It's absolutely invisible. So, I know, Jim Nell, he, he's going to have to work some magic because these guys are not going away. Tyler Sagan is signed through 26-27. 2026-2027, he's only 30 years old, but still... That's a lot of time. He's getting 12% of the cap. Jamie Ben's not going away until 24-25, so it's tricky. And then Joe Pavelski, do you re-sign him, Tim? I know they've had conversations. He's 37. How long can he keep just beating away um, father time? Like, the guy is just playing out of his mind, and he's 37 years old. Yeah, I I don't know. If I'm him, I want to be traded, but I might come back to Dallas just because he's been outspoken about how much he loves not just being on that team, but the city itself and – his family's there. His kids love it. So I don't know. I don't know. I, Joe I, seems like a guy to me. You know, you know, Joe, you've met him. I know Pavs fairly well. I don't think he's driven strictly by winning the Stanley Cup. I think he truly loves hockey, but he really values what his family thinks. He loves his kid. He loves his wife. I think he values that more 
and winning the Stanley Cup. So if his wife says, hey, I love it here in Dallas. we got a good life. Let's stay here. I think he would take that into account and stay in Dallas. I really do because, he, you know, he, he loves Dude Perfect. I know his kids do. Um, he loves the no state tax in Dallas. I don't know. He's Captain America. So I think it's a good fit for him in Dallas. But I, if they don't trade him, I think it's a mistake. I really do. Even if they slip into the playoffs in the eighth seed, I don't see these guys making noise in the playoffs. I really don't. Braden Holpe's had a very good year, but they have the pieces, Dallas. They have the pieces. I like Heiskanen. I like Lindell. I like some of the pieces they have on the front end with Robertson. They just need to get rid of some of the older guys, you know, get rid of Radulov, Ben and Sagan. If you can get rid of one of those contracts, that would be great. But, you know, they have some good things happen. I like Gurionov. I don't mind him. So, I don't know. But, yes, Robertson, why we're here in the first place. Very good. He's going to sign for seven at least, maybe for six for three years or seven for a longer term, six, seven years. We'll see how it goes. But, yes, he deserves it. And I like this quote about it where reporters like, what's it like, you know, two hat tricks in a row, first time since this and this. And he goes, yeah, it's pretty neat. <laughs> it's like pretty cool, man. Like very humble. I like that. You don't see that very often. People are usually like, yeah, I should have had four. I'm like, bud, like let's pump the brakes here. But yeah, I love Dallas. I hope they do good. You know why I love Dallas? Why? We do. We always did our rookie parties in Dallas because they have the best steakhouses there, Tim. The best grade A prime steak. And you know what? You can get beautiful steaks delivered to your door with DoorDash if you live in Dallas. I'm not even kidding you. They will go to the most swankiest restaurants. If you order DoorDash, they'll say, I got a DoorDash order. Let's go ding dong. Like we can go to Morton's. We can go to what? I can't remember what they're called. It's been a while. But yes, use DoorDash if you're in Dallas. Get some nice primo filet mignons. What's your steak of choice, Tim? Uh, yeah, filet. I'm not a huge steak guy, though. I know. It's really? What's your say. food? What's your poison when you want to get, when you want to treat yourself? Uh, yeah, just a big, like, I don't know, chicken, pasta, something like that. I just, I like steak. I, it's not a thing for me the way it is for some people. They're like, oh, I'm going to get a really nice steak to celebrate this thing. It's just, I don't enjoy it more than other things, I guess. Have you ever had like a really nice steak? I mean, I've never been to like, yeah, like paid $100 for a plate type of place, but. Um, no, I guess not. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you haven't because there's something to be said about just a beautifully cooked cooked. And I don't like a filet. I like a nice ribeye or a strip because you get a little more meat, a little more bang for your buck. It's delicious. Nice fat, nice grizzle, nice sear, medium pink in the middle. It's, it's delicious. But anyways, DoorDash, get it. If you're in Dallas, Dial them up. Use our promo code GlovesDDUS if you're in Dallas. GlovesDD if you're in Canada. They get great steakhouses in Canada. I know they do. But you can use it for anything, not just steaks. You can use it for beers. You can use it for groceries. You can use it for gas now, I think. Get them to fill up a gas can for you. Bring it to your house. DoorDash does pretty much everything. They're expanding every single day. Check it out. They literally, any business, I'm guessing you can use DoorDash now. And you save us, save some money when you use us. It helps us out. So use promo code GlovesDD if you're in Canada, GlovesDDUS if you're in the USA. Get 25% off your first order and free delivery. So check it out. Good company. I love it. I wanted to mention one thing. I, I have a, a shout out, Tim. Young kid in the area. He listens to the show. I think he's 12, 13. Roland Blaine plays for Fox Motors Grand Rapids. His dad is like my mortgage guy. And he called me their day out of the blue. He's like, your mortgage is up. We got to have a conversation. I was like, oh, cool. He's like, my kid loves your podcast. We listen to it when we drive down to Grand Rapids. And it just kind of 
you know, it, it's great to be able to listen to a podcast with me and my son and not have to worry about, you know, language and content and stuff and that. So that's, that's what we do it for. We do it for the long road trips for the parents and the kids. It's, it's beautiful to see. So thank you, Roland. Appreciate the support. Uh, good luck. Fox motor grand Rapids. Hope you guys uh, have a good solid season. We really appreciate the support, my friend. All right, Tim, lots to talk about. Lots of little, lot little things we need to talk about. We're going to do a couple quick hits, but it's probably going to end up being long hits. So what are, what are we talking about today? Um, well, Anthony Manta returned for the capitals, which I didn't, you mentioned it the other day. I didn't really realize it was that close. Um, he was a big play, player for them. They gave up first, they gave up Verona for him last year. Um, and, and he's a big impact, impactful player, good, good addition to their top six. And obviously he just got hurt. Didn't really work out so far. So it's good that he's back. They're going to need him if they're going to plan on going on a deep playoff run. They've won two in a row. No, don't, don't. They're not going on a deep playoff run. Let's not, let's not lie. Well, to I'm saying if they do, they don't do it without They him. should not even plan on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it, they're not doing it without him regardless. Um, and, uh, yeah, they won two in a row. The, the, the whole Columbus thing, I think that's done. Columbus has lost two in a row. The gap is is not any bigger than it was last week, so or smaller, I mean. Um, yeah, so that's good for them. Uh, the race thing- to watch in the East is for the first overall seed. That's the only race to watch for in the East. That's to play it. Washington. To play the Washington Capitals and maybe jockeying for home ice advantage yeah. between the Rangers in Pittsburgh and Florida and Toronto. I think the only race right now is between Tampa Bay, Florida, and Carolina. Who's going to get the number one seed? That's it, Tim. Every other race is done. Rangers, Pittsburgh, who cares who has home ice? Honestly, they play each other so often. Who is going to play Toronto in the first round and who is going to play Washington? It's in the, I don't, it's going to be very, very tricky because, gosh, I would not want to play. If I am Tampa, I do not want to play Boston in the first round. I really don't. I so much rather play Washington. So it's it's a sprint between those three teams. Who's going to get the first seed? Who's going to get that basically walk-through first-round win over a sad, pathetic, old, crusty Washington Capitals team? That's that's what I think everyone's shooting for. Um, another cool thing that we, we've been talking about, all these forwards, these defensemen being available, the trade deadline, where they're going to go. We haven't really touched on the goalies yet. Marc-Andre Fleury's name has been tossed around a little bit. Some interesting and even conflicting reports over the weekend. So Chris Johnston with TSN said that um, Flurry is a no a ten team no trade list, but it's believing that the Blackhawks are going to just ask him whether he wants to stay or not. And Flurry told Johnston that he was leaning towards finishing the season with the Blackhawks. Then there was a report another day, I think Saturday, that said that was confirming that, saying yeah, Flurry's not going anywhere. Another report in response to that saying actually the decision hasn't been made yet. Um, despite what this first report is saying. So not clear information going on with Flurry. It's 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 unlikely that he gets dealt. What do you think where do you think his mind's at? Um, I don't understand the reasoning behind him not wanting to get traded. If this is truth, if there's any truth behind this, which there usually is sometimes, whether smoke there's fire, but I don't know why he wouldn't want to be dealt. Why not? There's obviously teams that are good NHL teams that you have a potential to win the Stanley Cup with that have a need in between the pipes. I don't get it right now. But, hey, if he's if he's kind of stuck in his ways and he doesn't want to move, much like Joe Pavelski thing, maybe he just wants to settle down. He's sick of moving around. He likes Chicago. Maybe he maybe he wants to stay, but I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of goaltenders on the market right now. It's not just him. You, you can get a serviceable backup. I don't think you can get a guy who's a game changer like, like Marc-Andre Fleury, though. 
He's a guy who you can plug in and he's your one a, I don't see another guy out there who could lead you to a Stanley cup. I, I can see a guy who can come in and be a tandem type goaltender, maybe a Braden Holpe. If he continues a strong play a Varlamov, maybe, but he's got a $5 million cap hit. Maybe Reimer just got hurt. Martin Jones is you, you stake it on him. Georgiev, would the Rangers give up on him? Cause Shershkin's playing so good. There, there's a lot of kind of Corpusalo. I don't know. He's the only one. Flurry's the only guy where I could say, I'm going to trade that guy. I'm going to plug him in. He's going to play the whole playoffs and he's going to give us the best chance to win a Stanley cup. Every other guy you're going to bring in, he might not be as good as the guy you already have out there. So it's uh, if he's out of the market, I, if I'm a GM, I'm pretty upset because he's the only guy. If I'm in the Maple Leafs, like, gosh, maybe, maybe we should have made a push earlier, but I don't know. We'll see. They're really the only team that even would be in the market for a goalie that's in a playoff position right now. I don't think every, every one of these other teams, Carolina, Rangers, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Florida, Boston, they all, they all have their goalies. I guess maybe Washington. Um, and same thing. No, Washington and what? Vanacek's a good goalie. I think teams like Vegas, maybe a team like um, – I was just thinking of it. It was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, never mind. I'll come back to it. But, yeah, there are, there are a few teams who could use a, an insurance marker or a guy who come in and push to start. Maybe Minnesota Wild, I was thinking. So there yeah. are a few teams who could use a, another body in there. But Toronto, you know, maybe I spoke a little bit too confidently about Jack Campbell. You look brutal. Absolutely brutal last game. I think they won seven to five, but he looked absolutely just terrible. He made it. We'll, we'll touch on him in a little bit, but yes, that's big news. If flurry doesn't want to move, that really is. And that's a bad break for the Chicago Blackhawks. You could get a lot of return for him. They need some help in the draft. They need some, you know, new blood in the system. They've had a bad season. If they can't get anything for him and he leaves in the off season, that's a tough break for the Blackhawks. Uh, speaking of the Blackhawks, they had a cool little thing last week or maybe Friday night where they honored uh, Nicholas Yarmelson, which I thought was 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 pretty cool because he's one of those unspoken just workhorses from those Stanley Cup runs where, you know, the Keiths and Seabrooks got kind of all the, the points and the glory in the back end. But Yarmelson was a key part of that and one of the better shutdown defensemen during that reign. Um, you play with him in Chicago. Any, like, what's he like? Any good stories there? Or- yeah, Hammer. Um he was just a steady as you go type guy. Like he just <laughs> did whatever you wanted him to do. Not flashy. Didn't like to go in the offensive zone, blocked every puck, like just eight pucks. Like it was his job. He was, I don't know. He was just a funny guy. I just have no real Tim. I have such a bad memory. I wish I would have kept a diary or something. Cause all these guys, they have these podcasts, they go on these shows and they can say all these, all oh, this story and that story and that story and that story. I can't remember a thing. And I'm just like, the stuff I can remember, I can't talk about on the show. So it's just <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, uh, he's a good guy. Like, he was a good hockey player. He was a definition of a stay-at-home defenseman. And he, he deserves this. To get the type of recognition, he didn't put up the points. He wasn't a sexy defenseman. He just did the things that nobody wants to do. Get in front of a one-timer by um, Shea Weber. And he did it all. Like, without any accolades, he would just do it. You throw his hand, his foot, his ankle, his arm, anything he could to get in front of a puck. He would do it because he wanted to win that bad. He he took pride in just playing a good sound defensive game. And that's, he was a big reason why they won three cups. He really was. And he's, he's a good defense. And I'm glad he's getting honored because a lot of times those guys just get passed over. They look at the Canes, the Taves, the Keiths, the Seabrooks, the Hosas, these guys, the Sharps. He was a big part of those teams. And I'm, I'm glad he's getting the due that he's deserved. 
Yeah, there's a cool little um, audio clip from Kaner being asked about him, and he's just like, yeah, he just played through so many injuries. He would just have a puck to the face or something or some blood squirting out of somewhere where he got cut, and all of a sudden we'd be like, yeah, we think, uh, yeah, Hammer's done for the night. Come back two minutes later for another shift. Just He, he was an up. animal. Yeah, and he would not, like, it, it's it's a beautiful thing when someone is injured and they don't complain about it. It, it shows a lot in their character. I think it's a hard thing to do because you want people to feel sorry for you. You want to to people to recognize that you're playing through something. And he never would do that. He would come in, he would get in the cold tub, he would go through his therapy and he would just jump on the ice and he would do it every single night. He had such a strict regimen and he would not complain about it. You wouldn't hear anything. All of a sudden he might be out of the lineup. You're like, what's wrong with hammer? Oh, he's had a broken leg since like April. I'm like, Whoa, what? <laughs> It's just a beautiful thing because a lot of guys, they go in, they make a big show of it. They're in the training room. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go like this and that. It's the whole, the theatrics, the circus behind it. It just is annoying and guys hate it. He would not do that. And I really respected him for that because it takes a lot of just, I don't know. I just really like that about people who don't make it all about themselves. I really, really, because I don't know, maybe I, I try to be like that, but that's, he's just a good dude. I liked hanging out with him outside of the rink. Good, Yeah. Elena, they live in Sweden now. She's like a fashionista she's like well maybe they got divorced we should probably shouldn't talk about that <laughs> it's it's um it's sad when you when they leave the game it's like you have to play this game it's like is he still together with his wife are they divorced because there's a yeah. pretty high probability that once you leave the game you're getting divorced and it's just it's a stark reality marriages once you leave the nhl they don't work it's just it's really sad because you you see these guys in charity games like how's it going how's the wife how's the kids Oh, we got divorced two years ago. Like, oh boy, sorry. Like that's, that's a major bummer, man. It's so bad. And it's just, you know, it is what it is. It's brutal. I don't think anybody should get divorced ever. So I don't know. Anyways, good, good defenseman. Good dude. Like playing with them. Very well-deserved. Is his number getting, um, did it get raised up into the rafters or how was he? No, on? I don't think so. All right. That would that be happens. epic. I would be there for that. All right. What else are we talking about? You mentioned uh, Reimer. He's injured. He's not even day-to-day. He's week-to-week, which is a bummer. Not that the cat, the Sharks were really playing for anything this season, but he was really one of their only trade pieces, maybe their only one that had any value, um, which is a bummer for them to not really get anything for him at the deadline, so that's too bad. Did you not forget about Thomas Hurdle? <sighs> yeah, but that keeps going back and forth with whether he's going to stay there or not. I think he's going to go. I think he's going to leave. I've had some, um, I'm an insider in San Jose, an intimate insider. And uh, I think he's going, I really do. So don't be surprised if he gets moved in the next week. So anyways, he, he will, he will garner a bounty of goods for the San Jose sharks. If he gets traded. All right. Um, the Bruins, not a bad road trip or coming up. What, what do you, what do you got to say about the Bruins, Tim? Yeah, they just got back. Um, they played all those West Coast teams, uh, Vegas and L.A. and Anaheim, Sharks, whatever. Uh, got 10 out of 12 points. And the one that they lost was on a back-to-back, and they that's when Zegers scored with like 10 seconds left in the third period to not force overtime. So they're, they're looking really good. They're feeling really good. 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Just wanted to call that out. Really good stretch for them. Yeah, they're in. They're in the playoffs. They're going to be dangerous. They're that Eastern conference is just murder is raw. It's going to be so, so bad. A team that's on the opposite swing, the Minnesota wild. What has happened to the Minnesota wild? They've are two and eight in their last 10. They have no continuity. There's nothing there. Kirill Kaprizov is the only player that's 
plugging along. I guess Jared Spurgeon had a decent February. He had a, he had a couple points, but they are just a shell of them former selves. I know Jonas Brodine's been out. I know Kobe Greenway's been out. I know they've had a few injuries, you know, affect them a little bit. What happened to the Minnesota Wild that I predicted would be a Stanley Cup contender a month ago? They have just fallen completely off the map. I know we talked about it last week. Do they need to make a move now? Or is it too late by the time the trade deadline comes around? I would love to see him make a move now because you got you to right the ship sooner than, than later. And it's one thing, like, people go through bad stretches during a season. That doesn't necessarily mean this is indicative of how they're going to play in the playoffs. But you lose this much, two and eight, it's it's – it can become a habit real quick. So I think you want to right the ship and build that confidence back as you before the playoffs come, before the trade deadline comes. Well, don't look now. A month ago, they were sniffing the Colorado Avalanche for first place in the Central. They are on the bubble now of being out of the playoffs. They have 67 points. They've played 54 games. Nashville Predators are in the second wildcard position right now. They're one point behind the Minnesota Wild. So if they go on this streak, if the streak continues, they'll be out of the playoffs like that. So it's not that far-fetched till we look two weeks from now in the wild or on the outside looking in. And it's like, do you still give up a boatload for LaClaude Giroux if you're not even guaranteed a position in the playoffs? It's a tough, tough situation. They've, they've played themselves into a spot where the GM might sit on his hands now. I know Billy Guerin likes to make some deals, but you're not going to mortgage the future when you look up and you have to play a Colorado Avalanche in the first round. So I don't know. It's not a good situation in the wild. They have good players. They can play themselves out of this, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. You have to get your defense healthy. You have to be fully. If we did a little piece on Jonas Brodin, or I think I did the most underrated players. If he's healthy, if he, I think he's back in the lineup now. He is such a key piece to their team. He makes everything run. I know Jared Spurgeon's a sexy player. I know Matthew Dumba gets a lot of press. Jonas Brodin, when he's in, when he's playing healthy, he is such a big cog to that back end. So anyways, they need to get him back. If he's not healthy, I don't think they make any moves. What else are we talking about? Uh, interesting quote from Jack Campbell. Like you said, they, they had a rough uh, stretch again. He's not playing well. His save percentage in his last 17 games is 8.85 which is just not even like an NHL goalies number. Um, he got interviewed about this. Obviously, the, the press in Toronto is pretty heavy. And he said, just he's working on it. He's figuring some things out. And he said, quote, I'll get it back. I promise I will. Do you believe him? Well, <laughs> I hope, right? Like, I don't know what that means. He obviously, he, he is self-aware. He knows he's playing bad. That That's a good thing. He He's aware of the fact that he is struggling. Most goalies would maybe kick the can down the road or pass the buck and say, you know, I haven't been seeing the puck well, or my team's not this and that he's taking ownership. I like that. Hopefully he gets it back. I don't know. We, we talked about it last, last episode, maybe two episodes ago. He's never had a full season of work. Maybe he's just fatigued. He needs some time off. I don't know what the reason is, but he is a good goaltender. We've seen him play at a high level for a long period of time this season. I hope he gets it back. I hope he has a strong finish to this season. I want Toronto to do good. I want them to be competitive. I, I think it's good when Toronto has a good NHL team. I hope they make it past the first round. I really do. But man, if I, if I'm Kyle Dubas, I can't, I can't just say, Oh, he promised. He promised. Okay. We're good. Yeah. Jack promised. Like you, you can't put your eggs in that basket. You have to go out. Morazic has struggled as his backup. You have to get some kind of plan B because Jack Campbell definitely makes me nervous between the pipes for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know who doesn't make you nervous is Shisterkin. We, we oh. haven't really touched much on him, oh. how strongly he's playing. He's he's not only he's got the Vezina locked, he's, he's 
one of two or three serious heart contender uh, nominations. You could easily win both. I found this interesting stat just a few minutes ago. There's a list of goalies in NHL history with a save percentage higher than 940 with at least 37 games played. Okay, it's a long list. So I'm going to read it. Jack Plant, Igor Shosturkin. Jacques That's Plant. That's it. That's the entire list. He's, what he's doing is, is, is historical. Um, and I just hope that it keeps up. That it's, really, it's really fun to watch. It, it, he, the fact that he is just dominating this season, it's remarkable. It's not that the Rangers have like a dynamite defensive team like the Calgary Flames. He's a really good goaltender. They're, how do the Rangers do this? They get Henrik Lundqvist out of the 10th round. They get Igor Shosturkin now. They just they are charmed when it comes to goaltenders. This guy is a good goaltender. He's only 26 years old. He's going to be there for a long time. They picked him up in the fourth round for Pete's sake. So, I don't know. Good for him, man. He, he should a, be in the conversation for MVP for sure. I'm in like a pretty competitive uh, fantasy hockey league with some buddies back home that goes back like seven, eight years now. And every once in a while, someone will like dig through like old transactions from like five years ago, just to like see what, who made a terrible trade and when, and someone did it this weekend. I traded just Dirk in two years ago for like an eighth round pick. And I think I ended up taking Jeff Skinner with that pick or something like that. So no. bad. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even, don't even remember doing that. Yeah. He's such a good player. He deserves to be the Vesna. And it's amazing that he's just already given the Vesna when Markstrom and Calgary is having a historic year as well. He just went eight and one in February. Eight and one yeah. in a month, a goaltender. He could, he could end up with 10 shutouts by, by the time the season's over. Like it's, and he's not even in the conversation for a Vesna right now because Shashirskin is having that strong of a season. Yeah. Like it's amazing. This, like, it, it's, it's historic what's happening right now. I don't think people are talking about it just because maybe he's Russian. I don't know. Not because of the whole Russia Ukraine thing, but he has yeah. been talked about all season long. I don't know why. He's been playing so incredibly good. But yeah, it's, it's a good story. I like it. Very, very good. What else we got, Tim? Uh, we had a listener question to wrap this up. Um, you talked about men's league. You just did it at the beginning of this episode. But some, I mean, someone's asking, and usually when, when one person asks, it means there's a lot of people wondering this. You play men's league, and he was just basically like, does John not dominate? Like, is an NHL player playing with, like, these local guys? How does that work? And so can you just, like, help us understand how it works when you play with these guys who – or average players in a men's league? Like, how does this work? Well, much, then they're not average. They're good players. Some of them are college juniors. Like, they're, they're decent players. And just like my, my kid this weekend made it really apparent, I'm old. I'm 40 years old this year. So it's not like I'm some spring chicken. We're playing against kids who are 20 years old, right out of college, right out of high school, who are just buzzing around. So I'm not dominating by any means. I go out there, I, I can shut guys down, I can play lockdown defense, but it's not like I'm lighting. I'm not a goal scorer. I was not a goal scorer in the NHL. I was not a goal scorer in the AHL. I was not a goal scorer in college. I was not a goal scorer in junior. I was never a goal scorer. You know, it's just not what I do. I can't, I, I'm not good at it. So yes, if I want to shut down a, a game and have nobody score, if I really applied myself, I can, but I don't dominate. It's hard for me. I'm 40 years old. So maybe five years ago when I retired, I dominated. I could go out and kind of do whatever I wanted, but I'm not that same player that I used to be. So it's, it's tough for me. I actually play, my partner is um, Simon. I don't know his last name. I've been playing with him for like a couple of years now. He's a former pro guy too. And we, we can control a game. Us too. He's like six, five silky, silky smooth mitts. And when we're out there, we're pretty unstoppable when we want to be. So that's fun. But uh, gosh, some of these young kids, Tim are just really good. Yeah. All they do is work on their hands and they buzz around. And it's like, I got no time to be chasing guys into the corner and like, 
really they dump it in. I'm like, I'm not getting that puck. Like, no thanks. Go get it. I'll try to rub you out. But I, I, don't know. I just try not to get embarrassed. Speaking of embarrassing, Tim, points bet. Well, we need to get back on track. There, yeah. We've been on a string of losses. I've been getting a lot of pushback from some fans. We need to get on the on the winning streak here. We we even the tap-in last week. We lost the tap-in. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres. I told you it was a back-to-back. You didn't listen. Let's go. Let's get a perfect week here. Three for three. What are we doing tonight? Oh, Arizona's beating Vegas. Buffalo's beating Toronto. It makes no sense. Heads are falling off. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Should we should we go with like a, a gimme then? Does that even exist no. anymore? No. Let's give people some meat on the bone. Let's give them some skin in the game. Let's get after it. Come on, Tim. I, I want think, a okay. high. Go for it. What is it? New York Islanders are going to beat Colorado at home tonight. Oh, my gosh. And here we are. Okay. You, you asked for it. Sorokin's been playing really, really well lately. They're at home. Colorado's had a lot of games. I think the Islanders can pull this one off. You hear it here first, everybody. The Islanders over the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to start this week off with a bang. Lock it in. Tim's going to just be perfect from here on out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate the support. Glad we're back. No one's barfing today. Go give us a like. Five stars. You know how it rolls. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.